Blog Talk Radio. T-minus 30 seconds and counting. You know, this used to be a hell of a good country. I can't understand what's going on with it. Chaos. 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 T-minus 15. Oh, they're not scared of you. They scared of what you represent. Ten, nine, ignition sequence start. What you represent to them is freedom. We have ignition. All engines are running. We have liftoff. We have liftoff. There we go. I'm just letting it play on out. Good evening, Texas bikers and bikers all across the nation. This is Texas Biker Radio number 316. My name is Mel Popeye Moss. My co-host, Mel O.G. Robbins. We are with Sons of Liberty Riders MC. And we are sponsors of this show each and every week, along with some of our friends. Uh, That being said, the uh, title of tonight's show is Heads Up to the Tarrant County Sheriff. Bill Waver, uh, we're coming to the stockyards, the stockyard stampede, November 10th, 2018, and you can find out the information on that on Facebook at Sons of Liberty Riders MC, go to events, gives you the details. Now, Mel, are you ready to start? <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. I got Bye-bye. <laughs> And I'm 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 up here high and dry, staying dry, and I'm damn sure not going outside till this crap is over with. You got that uh, right. Yep. Now tonight we're we're going to talk about a subject that I think uh, everyone's been following pretty closely. We have a uh, a guest with us tonight, Bill Smith. Uh, and I'm going to bring him on here in a minute uh, after I do some lead-in on, on what the subject is. But, uh, you know, uh, Fort Worth is becoming what we're starting to uh, unfondly refer to as Waco version 1.2. And the reason we're referring to it as Waco version 1.2 is it's starting to get dangerous as hell over there. Uh, it all started out. When uh, the uh, when law enforcement seemingly got all upset because they heard there were uh, a horde of Mongols coming into town, they alerted everyone. They ran around to businesses down around the stockyards and said, uh, "Gee, you shouldn't encourage colors." Yada yada yada, and uh, they were set about getting the citizenry all upset. Uh, well, lo and behold. Less than 50 Mongols and Vagos, and I think there was another club involved, came to town. Mm-hmm. And they conducted themselves as pure gentlemen. But here comes the Fort Worth Police Department. Uh, I think there were, a, uh, there were a group of Vagos in Wilson Leather Goods shopping for some rain gear. And uh, going about their business, and in comes the police department. They jack them all up. 
and uh, we'll we'll talk about more about uh, how that all got started and what happened. But uh, they jacked them up, and then it got dangerous as hell. Here we are inside of a retail establishment. You've got the proprietor, uh, a lot of his family's in there. You've got a lot of customers, the proprietor's granddaughter. And uh, while the police, this particular sergeant that we refer to as Sergeant Steroid, is ranting and raving how the Fort Worth Police Department owns the town, referring to it as this is our town, and threatening them with what he's going to do uh, if they don't uh, if they don't play nice, they want them to raise their hands. They got him up against the wall. One guy can't get his arm up high enough because he's got an injured shoulder, and uh, Sergeant Steroid pulls his gun. Uh, they were obviously trying to provoke something, but uh, uh, thank God the Vagos kept their cool and remain gentlemen, and since then, uh, they have continued on their campaign. They're not only stopping patched riders, they have been stopping riders that don't even wear a patch and checking them out. Uh, You know, so this is getting way out of hand. I don't know where the hell the chief of police thinks... uh, uh, thinks this needs to go, but uh, he certainly uh, certainly doesn't seem to have any common sense either. But uh, for that purpose, uh, you know, we, uh, uh, we brought our guest on tonight because we are going to have a stockyard stampede on November 10th, where it's our intent to take a group from the motorcycle community into Fort Worth come in through the stockyards and stop off at Wilson's, maybe have a few tacos if he's got a vendor there, and uh, do some shopping, and uh, just be normal citizens. And I think it's important for the people that are going to accompany us and for the riders that are currently drifting around Fort Worth to understand what their rights are. And for that reason... Uh, we've got Bill Smith on with us tonight. We're going to talk a lot about that. But, Bill, first I'd like you to uh, introduce yourself. Tell us all about who you are and what you do. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, my name is Bill Smith. I'm with the law firm of Smith & Davis, and I've been representing bikers for many, many years, both in uh civil rights issues, as well as uh, motor vehicle accidents, and uh, I am very happy to be on your show. Hello. Well, that's uh, that's great, Bill. We're actually honored that you uh, came on with us, and uh, what we'd like you to do is talk about uh, what what specific rights we have. I mean, if we're drifting down the road and we don't think we've done anything wrong uh, and all of a sudden we get pulled over or I pull up in front of Wilson's, park my bike, dismount, and start towards a store and I'm approached by an officer uh, and he wants to jack me up, he wants to see my identification, wants me to... Uh, disclose who I am, wants to search my bike, uh, 
is there a difference between when I have already dismounted and I'm walking towards the store or if they get to me before I get off the bike? Uh, is there a difference because I parked as opposed to they pull me over while I'm riding down the road? We want to go over all of that stuff. Be happy to do so. Be happy to do that. Okay. Uh, there's a difference between being stopped and uh, just walking down the sidewalk. Uh, in uh, uh, There's a Supreme Court case, a United States Supreme Court case out of, uh, uh, of 2015 out of Nebraska, where the Supreme Court said it's illegal to detain a motorist longer than necessary to issue a traffic ticket. Um, what I've heard a lot is someone gets stopped for failing to use their turn signal to change lanes or uh, one I heard recently, the light over the license plate wasn't bright enough so the officer could see it from a certain distance. And of course it was a fairly new bike OEM light. So these are pretextual stops. Um, and, uh, um, if they stop, you have to produce a driver's license and proof of insurance. Uh, you do not have to answer their questions. I know in Fort Worth and some other cities, they'll call the game unit. They may call a canine. Uh, that is all illegal unless they suspect the driver of having committed a crime or is about to commit a crime. So if you get stopped for failing to use a turn signal to change lanes, you have to cooperate, driver's license, and proof of insurance. Beyond that, in Texas, uh, you don't have to answer their questions if they ask you where you're going to, where you're coming from, uh, members of your club, officers. You can just politely say, I invoke my right to remain silent. I'm not answering your questions. And they may say, well, what's wrong? Try to intimidate you or goad you into answering the questions. You have to remain calm at all times and just say, I'm not answering your questions. Am I free to leave? Um, they'll say no, and they call the gang unit. That is all illegal unless they have some articulable suspicion, as the courts say, that you have committed a crime and they stop you for a traffic violation. They have to stick to what they need to do for the traffic violation. In other words, check your license, proof of insurance. They can run you to make sure there's no outstanding warrants, uh, that sort of thing. But they cannot go beyond that, according to the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, since they have no suspicion, articulable suspicion, that you committed a crime. We all know they keep people on the side of the road for quite a while. Um, so in that sense, in that case, um, you have to cooperate, identify yourself, but remain calm and do not answer their questions. It's none of their business. As a pedestrian walking down the street, you have somewhat different rights. Under the penal code, section 38.02 in Texas, you do not have to identify yourself unless you're under arrest, period. 
And if they stop, ask you for ID, you can say, am I being detained? Yes. Why? Well, I want to see your ID. Do you suspect I've committed a crime? Why are you detaining me? Am I free to go? And that's a key phrase. Am I free to go? If you're not free to go, you're either under arrest or being detained. That's it. Don't answer their questions. They may try to goad or intimidate you into producing your ID. You do not have to produce an ID. You do not have to identify yourself in Texas uh, unless you're under arrest. However, if you give a false name, date of birth, that is a crime. So you just say under 38.02 of the penal code, I do not have to identify myself. And if they say, yes, you do, am I being detained? Am I under arrest? If I'm being detained, what crime do you suspect me of having committed? And if they start pushing too hard, you might want to ask for a supervisor, uh, call 911. But throughout either scenario, you need to record the stop. We've all seen how videos can change the perception or create or tell the true story as opposed to what law enforcement may say. And it is perfectly legal in Texas and throughout the country to record law enforcement while they're performing their duties. They don't have a right to take the camera from you. If they grab it, don't don't get into a physical tussle with them. Um, there are some programs where, or some applications, where you can instantly upload as you're recording so that if it is taken and they try to erase it on your phone, it doesn't do any good because it's already been uploaded. So some folks may want to check those out those apps that allow you to instantly upload what you're recording. And it's very important, um, again, if it's a swearing match between a law enforcement officer and a biker, believe me, the courts are always going to follow the law enforcement officer's word, what they say happened. So insist on knowing why they're being detained. Do they suspect you of, are they alleging that you committed a crime. Uh, are you under arrest? Are you free to go? Again, am I free to go? Even if they say, yes, you're being detained. Why? Well, for suspicion. What crime is suspicion? What suspicion of what? There is no such thing as being a suspicious person. There's no crime in being a, quote, suspicious person as as uh, uh the police officer may say, am I free to go? Am I free to go? Am I free to go? Am I being detained? Why? What crime uh, am I being detained for? So those are two different scenarios. Uh, but in either one, I strongly encourage um, everyone to record the interaction with law enforcement. Hey, Bill, this is Popeye here. Uh, I have to be inside Wilson's when that went down. And, uh, you know, I, I wish we would have been able to record 
we didn't realize what was going on uh, when he was giving his speech, and then all of a sudden he pulls the gun, uh, and then we started breaking our cameras out. We didn't get him out fast enough to get his speech, but uh, uh, they uh, they they got feet, so he got around to us that were inside there, and uh, of course uh, they. <laughs> We were asking questions that they didn't like, and of course they moved them outside. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they asked me if I wanted to be part of their investigation, and I said, "Well, what investigation?" They said, "Well, our investigation." I said, "I don't know what that is, but if you may be a part of it, it'd be a waste of your time." Now, uh, this deal where they uh, what what brought them there was. Uh, I don't know whether there was a stakeout or what, but they saw a couple of Vagos putting their their weapons in saddlebags, uh, in their saddlebags, which is nothing unusual about that. And, uh, you know, if they're going in a place of business. And uh, so I guess they're using this thing uh, that, uh, you know, if you're if you've made it to, to the OMG list or you're a one percent club, uh, that is a crime to have a weapon on your person. And uh, can you elaborate on that a little bit, you and Mel? Uh, sure. Um, in fact, there was a case of, out of El Paso that went to trial in September. Uh, a bandito was on his way to work in the morning. He worked on a ranch. He was a ranch hand. He had an unloaded gun in his saddlebag. And uh, he has a permit to carry a concealed weapon. He got stopped for a traffic violation. Police officer asked, do you have a weapon? He said, yes. Showed him the weapon, and he was arrested for a gang member carrying, uh, unlawfully carrying a weapon. He went to trial. The, the arrest occurred in 2017 around September, I believe it was. He went to trial September 2018. And he was convicted of unlawfully carrying a weapon, even though he had a permit to carry a weapon. And what we have is two different statutes. One that was originally intended for street gangs, whose members don't go out, pass a background check, and, and, and go through all the steps with the handgun class to get their permit. Uh, in fact, this person who was arrested and convicted was an Army veteran, served in the Army for five and a half years, two years in Iraq. His only criminal offense was 10 years ago, uh, DUI. Um, so we have a conflict between statutes. A statute that allows a person to carry a weapon after they pass the background check and a statute that says gang members can't carry weapons. And uh, so the courts are going to have to sort that out. The appellate courts are going to have to sort that out. But individuals have to be cautious um, because that could happen to them. And I see that as another uh, assault on bikers. If, uh, Listen to Jeff Sessions. He announced the new task force, DEA, uh, FBI, local uh, state authorities, etc., to go after five different groups of people. One is MS-13, 
drug cartels, etc. I can see it also being used against bikers because bikers after Waco are really on their radar. And so um, I've told, uh, since I go to as many confederational clubs and independent meetings as I can, I've told individuals, bikers, you're going to have to make a decision. Do you want to carry it and possibly be arrested or leave it at home? Um, That's not a choice that I think they should have to make, but they may have to based on their own circumstances. And um, um, uh, again, the fact that the state of Texas looked at his application to carry a weapon, passed a background check, no criminal record, and yet he was convicted of unlawfully carrying a weapon is a true miscarriage and travesty of justice. Exactly. Um, but uh, I can see they're going to be a uh, uh, there's going to be an assault, I believe, on bikers who carry weapons. Right. Even though we now have a statute also that allows individuals to carry long knives, even swords, down the street in public. So, um, <laughs> um, again, there's a conflict between statutes. And there is, as part of the, the carry concealed weapon statute, there's a, a way that DPS can seek to revoke someone's handgun license, but it's an administrative process. They have to give you due process, have a hearing at which you can present evidence. They can't just uh, 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 say, give me your license. I heard that happen one time. I'm going to take your license to carry. Um, well, he can't do that. Trooper can't do that. If he wants to revoke it, there's an administrative procedure, um, but the courts are going to have to sort that out. Um, and and I, clearly, from my perspective, if the state of Texas has said, "I'm giving you this concealed handgun permit, you can carry a concealed weapon," and then they come by, let, come back later and say, "Well, you know, you're a gang member, and therefore we're taking it, we're taking you to trial on unlawful carry." I'm a weapon. So it's a tough call, but one that some people are going to have to make, at least until I get sorted out. Uh, a double D thinks that's going to be one on appeal. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, right. And it, it it probably should be. I mean, if the, if the Constitution means anything to, to these uh, to the to the courts and to the law. Uh, then that should be overturned. Right. And on the other hand, if if he didn't deserve to have a license, they shouldn't have given it to him. He qualified by statute to have that right. And now they're using another statute to take that away and to punish him. You know, Bill, it, it's been our contention because we've studied these reports by the FBI, these uh, motorcycle gang reports, uh, outlaw OMGs is what they call them. Uh, we've right. studied these back and forth, and those things go back about 40 years, these reports. Uh, the latest one by the FBI was in 2015. 
uh, the latest dive by the DPS is I think was 2017. And you know what they, they're just carbon copies of each other saying the same thing over and over and over. And that's what they've been doing for 40 years. That's what they've been doing for 40 yeah. years. It's incredible. Yeah, they take, they take the report cut and paste for the next year and say, nothing's changed. Exactly. Right. Um, you know, it's like I read something in the last nine years, 400 police officers were accused of raping women. Exactly. Um, they take they take some guys, bikers, who may get in trouble, may make mistakes, mm-hmm. and then paint with a broad brush and say, well, the whole club, the whole organization is like this. When I know, you know, and most people know, it's not like that. Exactly. Some people who, you know, are going to commit a crime, and whether it's a police officer, a biker, citizen, it doesn't matter. You can't paint with such a broad brush. It's unfair. You know, Bill. Yeah, it's it's my pet theory, Bill, that a lot of this is done to justify budgets and special uh, special units to keep them going, create jobs and job security, and more specifically, budget money for these law enforcement units. That is a big part of it because there are grants. For example, Waco received money from the state to prosecute those individuals. Uh, now I think we're down to 26 defendants, but we started at you know, 175 people who were approximately 175 people who were uh, caught up in that. Um, there were mom and pop clubs. Um, there were uh, just bike enthusiasts there. I read the story about a, a woman who was a cashier at a bank and she and her husband went he rode a motorcycle, wasn't affiliated with any club. They just wanted to see what the COCNI was about, Confederation of Clubs and Independents. And they got caught up in it because she lost her yeah. job. So I, I think that budget's certainly true. But the other thing is law enforcement sees bikers as some kind of bad group you know they don't fit their stereotype of a of a citizen they they dress a little differently they have different interests and seem as is a threat if you will and um uh you know when officers law enforcement see it that way um any group or subgroup um uh, uh are going to be at the mercy of the law enforcement. I mean, they carry guns, they have uh, tasers, they've got billy clubs, uh, uh, conviction on your record for something like the bandito in El Paso disqualifies him for a lot of stuff. It disqualifies him uh, for Mm -hmm. a lot of things that we accept in our society. That is very true. It, uh... let, let, me, let me inject something right here, because uh, it's ironic. Uh, 
Sheriff Bill Weyburn of Tarrant County. He was my CHL instructor. He was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, I know he believes in the Constitution. And I know he believes in what's right. I know him well. In three and a half years of being involved in the trials and everything else that's gone on in Waco, because we knew from the first minute when Sergeant Swanton opened his mouth that they were lying, and it was uh, uh, they were setting the narrative, mm-hmm. vilifying everybody, when the facts were that a lot of that may have been instigated by Waco PD, which we feel it was. And the fact that, you know, the DPS was behind this thing. And, I, you know, I, I don't have much respect for the DPS at all because they are liars. They are instigators. And... You know, I read those FBI reports. I read them back and forth. We know them well. We know those gang reports. They struggle to make the, the Bandidos a two-tier gang. They struggle to do that. And right. I, I read the reports where what we call them is outlaw public officials. This is law enforcement officers, politicians, Border Patrol. They're all guilty of the crimes they describe of, of bikers committing, they're, they're guilty of more of those type crimes than all the motorcycle clubs put together in this country. And that's a fact. And, you know, I was debating Sheriff Bill Wayburn about it, and he said, well, a few bad apples. I said, well, exactly, Sheriff. That works for everybody. Everybody. We're just a reflection of our society. There's good and bad everywhere. You you can't vilify everybody. And that's the reason that it didn't work. That's the reason they have no convictions in McLennan County. Because we had a rogue DA that found a yes man to go along with his, his vision. He was going to make it. Are you there? Yeah. Make y'all yeah. back out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, the, what, what I think the biking community has to do is push back in a legal, permissible, respectful way. And uh, we need an anti-profiling bill here in Texas. If you remember several years ago, uh, the fusion centers were keeping information on a lot of individuals to get stopped, put in the database. Uh, DPS troopers would fill out an I-9 report, intelligence report, submit it, and it would go into a fusion database. 
we saw the biking community start to to change that, change what could be or why someone could be in the database. And there was a lot of pushback from law enforcement, especially DPS. Biking community leaders sat down with DPS, talked to them about it. And if you recall, there was a stop north of Austin where a veteran, retired veteran, um, um, no criminal conviction, not even traffic tickets, parking tickets, nothing. He was in his truck with his son, who was also an off-duty police officer, got stopped for a traffic violation. They were pulling a trailer that was a little too big, uh, I think it was, or didn't meet certain state specs. And um, they recorded the entire stop. The trooper, I have to say, was respectful. Um, um, he, he didn't give him a real hard time, but he said, I got to fill out this I-9, and you know we're going to have to submit it. They're going to be in the, few, in the, in the database. And um, um, that tape, that recording, was played for the Senate subcommittee that was considering whether to Pass, pass it or approve it and send it to the floor. And it almost brought a couple of senators to tears to think that this veteran who served our country, honorably discharged, retired, was now going to be in some criminal gang database because he got stopped over a minor traffic infraction. And that was the impetus that was needed to get the senators on board. And that's why I say that we have to record all of the stops. The legislature meets for six months every two years. They have a lot on their plate, funding, schools, you name taxes, you name it. They're only going to consider what they believe is important. And that's why I, um, I suggest that everyone needs to vote and work the system. When there are, for example, with the confederational clubs having calls to action, to write, to call their representative, their state senator, that's critically important. Because if there is significant pushback by voters, believe me, the politicians will hear it. And if we have video evidence of what's going on, they can't deny it. Law enforcement can't come in to the hearing and say, well, that's not true. We don't profile. We don't stop someone because they're riding a motorcycle or they have a patch on their back. We know better. We just have to prove it. Short and simple. And the other thing is, I might add, if someone is profiled and they record it, they need to file a complaint with Internal Affairs. It may not go very far. But if there's certain officers 
that are doing that, and it starts mounting in their personnel jacket, the chief is not going to want to have a liability on his force. Um, in in Houston, there was a, a police officer who was writing tickets, excessive noise for every motorcycle. And people started complaining. The chief saw there was a problem, took him off the road for a short while for a desk job, and then put him back in the field. Well, he realized that when he turned on his lights, the dash cam would go on. So he decided he was not going to do that. He'd pull up next to a biker and point to, you know, pull over. So interactions weren't being recorded. Literally, uh, the biking community was up in arms. They went to the city council. He ultimately retired. He had enough time on the floor so he could retire. He retired because he was getting so much heat. So it, it may not be immediate. It may not be drastic, but every little complaint that's filed against an officer goes in his file. It's investigated. And if you have a video recording, that's important. That substantiates your claim. I represent someone, Vandy, that was pulled over. He was only a few blocks from his house, got pulled over. He He had gone to prison. He'd served some time. The cop knew it. Um, started harassing him. Told him to take off his colors. He's not allowed to wear them in garlic. We filed a complaint with Internal Affairs. Uh, the the officer's uh, body cam, while the video portion worked, the audio didn't. Nonetheless, he was quote counseled about what people can wear. So um, and that it was permissible to wear colors and they couldn't do anything about it. They couldn't stop them or harass them. So little things, it's, it may be incremental, very small step, but each small step before long, you're down the road. So it's important to push back, do it right, properly, respectfully, within the system, and there will be results at some point. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Just like yeah. your campaign in Waco, Rainia was was uh, uh, he came in well below the other candidate in the election. Oh, I yeah. think that he, he had political ambitions. He saw this as an opportunity. Law and order. Waco's closed town. Law and order, he saw that as a stepping stone. Actually, it led to his demise. And in fact, it's been reported that he's under investigation by the FBI. So those things do matter, involvement. And I understand a lot of guys say, listen, I got harassed, I got hassled, I got profiled. File a complaint. Well, I don't want to get involved. You know, I got a wife and family, and I got a job. I get it. I understand. But if you're going to complain about it, do something or don't complain. Right. So next, 
that's an excellent point, Bill. Uh, you know, we, we, we do hear a lot that uh, yeah, some of the guys just don't want to get involved. They don't want to file complaints, things like that. But I don't think they understand how easy it is, how easy that can be accomplished. Uh, and, uh, how you're not bothered after you do it, really. It, uh, uh, I think, uh, Popeye, you even filed a complaint online, did you not, with the Fort Worth Police Department? I filed a complaint online against Sergeant Steroid. Uh, you know, uh, of course, uh, and Bill, part of, the, part of the problem there is if anybody's seen these videos where people um, on YouTube, where people have gone in to try and file a complaint at police departments, the harassment they get is incredible, is just incredible. And it goes, it's that way all across the nation. They're intimidated with arrest, but you can file it online. You can file it anonymously. Of course, I didn't file it anonymously. They know who the hell I am. (laughs) <laughs> and you know what yeah. it was that police officer was wrong to treat them the way they were treated they were complying without a word without a word and there was absolutely no reason no reason for him to pull a gun on a guy that couldn't get his arm up high enough with an eight year old girl nearby and she started crying there was no reason for it, and of course, like I said, they marched them out of the building. So, because we started complaining, and we started filming, I wish we'd have got it a little bit earlier when he was doing his damn speech, because that was incredible, and there was no call for it. None. Yeah, and and, and if I were one of those guys, I'd say, am I under arrest? Am I being detained? For what crime? What what crime do you suspect me of having committed? Am I under arrest? Do you want my name? Did you ask for your name? No, I'm not giving it to you. I don't have to. If I'm not under arrest, I'm not required. And again, you know what, you're going to get a lot of pushback. What, what's yeah. happening down there now? And Mel Mel touched on it when he said, "Well, we got we got bikers being stopped now that are not are not even club members." And so I guess they're being they're monitoring Wilson's leather goods. And so uh, there's, I guess they're stopping people for shopping. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. It's just pure yeah, form of harassment. And let me give yeah, them I, credit, Bill. This is the Fort Worth Special Response Team Unit. Who got get through, it looks to me like they spend half their day working out. And I don't know how you maintain those kind of muscles without steroids. <laughs> And work. Well, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. That's just my opinion when I look at him, especially that sergeant. Because clearly the steroids have gone to his brain. He's going to kill somebody. Because he tried to. And that's why, yeah, and that's why I say bikers have to always remain calm. Oh, yes. Remain calm. Don't provoke them, but be assertive in your rights. Right. You can't go wrong being assertive in your rights. 
And if you're in a store like Wilson's, 99 out of 100 stores are going to have video cameras. And you can subpoena the video cameras if necessary. For the video, for the, if, subpoena the store asking for copies of the videotapes if necessary. So, we- again, respectful but assertive. Um, that That's how I, I, I describe it. Don't let them trample your rights, but don't try to provoke them. Uh, don't let them provoke you, because in some cases, I think they would love someone to provoke them, put their hands on them, yeah. touch them, you know, what it, walk away. Um, they would want that. They would try mm-hmm. to provoke it, but you have to remain calm, knowing that um, in today's society, these officers are quick to pull their guns. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. And in Fort Worth, Bill, uh, one of them, his defense was his, uh, he had a, what would they call it, Bill? Uh, involuntary trigger finger? Yep, involuntary oh, yeah. finger. <laughs> yeah, that was his defense for shooting somebody. That had a pair of barbecue tongs in his hand. Well, we certainly want to encourage. And we understand that police officers got a crummy job and they got people out there trying to kill them. We get that. And we, you know, we we say stuff about that all the time. Don't support that kind of rhetoric. Anybody even suggested. And we've never heard one motorcycle club, not one, threaten any police officer anywhere or back the. People like the BLM. They just don't do it. Go ahead, sir. No, I was just we are to say that it was like after Waco when they thought there was going to be uh, hordes of bikers descending on Waco. I mean, the bulletins went out to the police departments. Um, that's silly. That's not who the biking community is. Exactly, and the only one that was speaking the truth that day was Bandito Gimme Jim, Gimme Jimmy. He's the only any truth at all that day when Sergeant Swain right. started his spew. Right. Unbelievable. Well, when it comes to the stampede, we are going to encourage everyone that comes with us uh, to follow a, uh, a, a number of things that just make common sense to us. One yeah. is, for God's sakes, make sure you got a driver's license. Make sure your license has an M on it. Do not have anything stupid in your saddlebags. I wouldn't even carry a pocket knife on that particular day. Uh, make sure your insurance is up to date, your registration your inspections. We intend to stop for every stop sign or stoplight, put a foot on the ground. And uh, we would encourage everyone to have some type of video device yes. because we think it will be fertile grounds 
We're videotaping a lot of action that day that we can submit to congressmen. Matter of fact is, you guys, we're going rolling is what we're doing. we get profiled. We it's a fishing expedition. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's the kind of pushback that I'm talking about. Yeah. Respectful, legal, assert your rights. Um, if you do get profiled, um, be respectful. Don't smart off. Don't answer questions. You don't have to answer a question. All you have, to, you don't even have to say a word. Give them the driver's license, uh, proof of insurance. They can see your inspection sticker, and uh, um, um, record it because their recording devices are very inexpensive these days. Um, you can put it. Monitor on your bike, monitor on your uh, cut, um, whatever. And, and also, if you can find an app, there are some apps out there. I don't have any in, uh, names in front of me, but I know there are some. That, uh, in fact, I believe the ACLU has one where you can upload uh, as you're recording so that if it is taken from you, too late. It's already all uploaded. Exactly. Hey, now, I did send a letter to the sheriff of Tarrant County to give him a heads up that we're coming on the 10th. Now, we won't have courthouse protection because we're not going to the courthouse. But we do have a right to, you know, the public sidewalks. <laughs> We can get out there. All we're going to do is we're going to go, we're going to ride through the stockyards, and we're going to go up to Wilson's place in support of his business because he caters to motorcycles. He turns nobody in, nobody, even law enforcement. And so, you know, we're going to go up there and give him a little bit of support, hang around for a while, maybe do a, maybe do a speech or two on things we see going on there. And then we're headed over back over to Dallas, back over to Strippers. And, you know, it's that simple. We want everybody to keep their, keep their cool, keep their heads. And it, you know, no matter what group shows up there, you keep your head. We cannot be what they describe us as. We cannot be what they describe us as. We've got to, got to have... Cool heads. And we have in that because, Mel, we've done it again and again and again. We did it many times in Waco. Exactly. exactly. And that was hostile territory, trust me. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, we actually discovered a few times they had... Uh, <laughs> They had stormtroopers in the building next to us uh, ready to go. We had no doubt we were in somebody's rifle sights while we stood on those steps. Yeah. We had a couple instances that flushed them out, and they came pouring out of the building because something else was going on down the street that they had to, re- uh, they had to respond to. It was amazing. <laughs> they come out of that building with AR-15s and everything you could imagine. 
some label. <laughs> That's their mentality. Yeah, it certainly is. They wear a white hat. Was, yep, y'all wear a black hat. That's it. Simple as that. Well, you dress you dress law enforcement like a strong like a stormtrooper. Guess what they're going to act like? Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And uh, I, guess, uh, I don't know which one it was. It's either Dallas or Fort Worth. They get some more new toys. They've gotten drones now. I guess you know they get jealous of each other when one one city has the other one doesn't. Oh. It's unbelievable what we see going on. But that's the way it is. I, um, I was on Judge Pete Peterson for a second, our million-dollar justice of the peace. That him. Lynn Daughtery is running against him. Uh, I probably will be down there on Sunday in front of the courthouse. And uh, we'll be talking about Pete Peterson. He's a piece of work. He was a yes man for Abel. He's a yes man for the DPS. Now, he's now stating he would have done things differently. You know, we expected him then to be a professional, to know the Constitution, to understand what his job is, and to realize that there had not been a proper investigation done of who was guilty and who was not. Matter of fact is, that still hasn't been done. Three and a half years later, there's so many unanswered questions, it's unbelievable. But Judge Peterson, who put everybody under million-dollar bonds, and that included people who were arrested along with whoever they might be. So we're going to be Sunday. We're going to be talking about Pete Peterson, and uh, you know maybe the media will show up and we give uh, Lynn Daughtery a boost. Now she she is a libertarian, so she's got a got a hard road to hope. Yeah, Peterson was uh, a retired DPS sergeant. Yeah, and uh, then again, um, he has a bias. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. You know, we got rid of Abel Reyna. When I went down to, when when Barry Johnson called me up and asked me to come down to his, uh, to he, what he thought would be a victory party, and he didn't wasn't really going to win. And I told him on my way down, I was driving down, and I told him, Bill, we're going to win this thing. Because I knew I knew the minute that Abel Reyna put me in one of his ads that we had him. I knew that because he was campaigning into the night, we had him. And that's the truth of it. They don't even know what hit him. That was pure desperation to include you in one of his campaign ads. Desperate people do desperate things. 
Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes, I do. Now, I haven't had an answer back there wavering yet. I gave him that heads up. Uh, we'll see if he even answers me. It may, it, it may have shocked him. I don't know. But I can promise you, in these upcoming trials, any more of them in Tarrant County, if they put up a fence around the courthouse trying to intimidate, trying to create a fear among the jurors, we'll be out there in front of that courthouse with as many bikers as we can get to come. Because that is wrong to try and influence that way. It just is. I, I mean, I agree, but that's all part of their whole fear uh, of those who have a different lifestyle. They're not one of us. We have to be afraid of them. And we're seeing that in society more and more, becoming more polarized, that if you're not like them, then you're wrong and someone to be feared. You're right. Exactly. Uh, just, just everybody should know their rights. And if you're going to participate in Stampede, be on your best behavior. Make sure all your paperwork is up to snuff. And, it, you know, if we get separated at lights, that's fine. We get separated. Just know where we're going. We'll tell you before we leave Stalkers what the route's going to be, and you know, what precautions to take. But again, we are looking to get profiled. Video. Because we think that's that fertile ground to get profiled. And as a matter of fact, as soon as the weather clears up, we're headed to Fort Worth. And uh, I was looking at my weather radar and uh, it's going to be clean out here pretty soon. Thank God. My house is floating away. <laughs> We're all floating away. Yeah. Uh, and there's more of it to come. That's the sad thing about it. I was hoping all this would clear. It's going to clear up for a week, and then it's going to come back. So, yeah, pretty sad. Uh, see what else we need to cover, Mel. I think that's pretty much it. Pretty much it. There's one thing I, I, I'd like Bill to talk about a little bit because I think uh, for those of you out here who out there who don't know and don't belong to, to a coalition of clubs and independents in any region, uh, Bill takes a great amount of his own time coming to all of the regional meetings. And he's there uh, for a main main reason, and that is to make sure that the biking community is aware of their rights. And he will give uh, he will give these talks all of the time, and he brings a lot of material with him. And <clears throat> I think uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the community, because he's he's been involved in a lot of uh, motorcycle accidents. Uh, helping people out with that, that he sometimes maybe gets typecast as being only an accident attorney. And uh, I was glad to hear Bill touch 
a few times tonight on clients that he's helped in other areas uh, because I can assure you, even on a personal note, that uh, uh, he's quite capable of covering a lot of different uh, subjects uh, in, in helping people out with various things, whether you're running afoul of the law or it's some civil matter. Um, Bill, would you care to add to that at all? Or? Well, as you say, I go to the Confederation of Clubs and Independent meetings uh, throughout uh, much of Texas trying to, to uh, advise people as to their rights. Um, uh, sometimes uh, I'll get some questions about uh, various civil matters. I'll try to answer them. Um, I've helped individuals out with issues. Uh, I've got one now in West Texas where the law enforcement won't give a guy his, uh, his cut, cut back. Uh, after being arrested and and uh, charges dismissed, they're keeping it as evidence, um, profiling in other areas of the state. Um, so I, I I'm there for those in the motorcycling community to try to answer their questions, to help them the best I can, give them the best advice I can, um, and and. Uh, uh, Represent them in court uh, on their claims, on their uh, help them with their rights. So, um, uh, but it's focused and centered around the motorcycling community and the issues they face and have to deal with, which aren't the same issues that most people have to deal with. Um, so, um, uh, I. Uh, uh, as I said, I, I represented people in West Texas, North uh, Texas, of course, uh, down through Austin, San Antonio, and even into uh, East Texas, Tyler and Longview. So uh, all I can say is if you all have uh, problems out there, uh, give me a call. Let me see if I can help you. Uh, my name is William A. Smith. I go by Bill. Um, and uh, uh Give me a call, and uh, I'd be happy to talk with you to see if there's anything I can do to, uh, to help you. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, situation arises. I got a call from someone in West Texas. Their brother-in-law was sent to prison, wanted to know what I could do. Well, I said, well, it's a little late for me to help. Uh, <laughs> he's already been tried and convicted, and, uh, um, you know, uh, but nonetheless, I was able to, to point him in a direction uh, that he might be able to help his brother-in-law. So uh, I'm there to help those in the motorcycling community in any way I can. Hey, Bill, uh, did you hey. give them your phone number in case they need to contact you? Anybody gets in trouble with the, with the law and stuff, uh, would you give them your number? Absolutely. Sure. My number is 214-969. 0909 uh, 214-969-0909 and my uh, email is wsmith at wasmithlaw.com again wsmith at wasmithlaw.com and I'm in Dallas um, and as I said I work and handle things through 
throughout much of Texas, not the entire state, but much of Texas, North Texas, South Texas, West Texas, East Texas. Um, so I'm there. Let me know. Give me a call. Yeah. Hey, Ned, you guys know that the, the COCI, uh, Confederation of Clubs and Independents, it's not what it's been described as by law enforcement and others. It's, uh, you know, you, you would be surprised if you've never been to a meeting what it really is, because it is truly a political organization. It's there to help you. The reason we belong to it is because they were the best organized political organization out there. You know, they realize that's what it is we do. We are a political group, our club. That's the reason we do the things we do. It's about bikers' rights. It's about motorcycle safety. It's about all that stuff that benefits every rider out there whether they know it or not. It's absolutely incredible, guys. Yeah, and it's not for patch holders only. We, it's open to anyone that wants to come. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's social. Uh, if you go to these meetings, you'll meet some folks you haven't met before or see old friends, uh, have a beer. So it's social. You get to interact with those. Uh, uh, in the motorcycling community. It's uh, political and in rights. Uh, we talk about politics, whether it's Waco, Rania, and, and Peterson and others, or uh, um, um, what's going on at the legislate, legislature. Uh, and, and I mentioned calls to action. Uh, if you're a member of the Confederation, you know, again, uh, being active, writing congressman, writing your state legislature, uh, 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 state senator. Um, we provide form letters. Uh, we give them information on how to go about it because politicians respond to voters, their constituents. And then, as you also pointed out, safety and awareness. Safety and awareness is very important to the biking community. Um, you know, we're trying to reduce accidents. We used to have, I'm not sure if he's still there. He may have moved, but he uh, liaison with the Department of Transportation. He focused on motorcycle issues, uh, whether it's uh, 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 safety on the roadways. Um, he talked uh, at one COC meeting, he came and talked about they're developing some new substances to lay down on the roadway to mm-hmm. help those areas where there are single vehicle accidents. Someone will uh, 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 go off the roadway and, and die or get seriously injured. So we talk about what's going on, safety and awareness, safe signs. So it, it really has a lot of parts to it. It's not just uh, rights. It's rights plus safety and awareness plus uh, um, um, social. You get to see people you haven't seen in a while, have a beer, meet new people. Um, It's always open to anyone who wants to attend. You know, and contrary to what the law enforcement might 
have hoped it's growing. That's for sure. And I think there's a need for it. This fills yes. the need. Oh, yes. Yes, there fills is. fills the need. It certainly is. Hey, Bill, we thank you for being on the show tonight, man. It's really – oh, hey, one thing. Can you get us some literature that we can pass out on over at Wilson's about biker rights? Do you have anything? Uh, certainly. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll uh, get some information to you about it. Um, okay. As, as you know, I've, I, I, I've brought uh, some of the COC and I meetings uh, uh, a booklet on bikers' rights. Mm-hmm. And I've got a box of those books, and it talks about mm-hmm. bikers' rights, whether it's on the road, at your home, uh, what the law enforcement can do and can't do. Um, it's pretty thorough, and I belong to a group of lawyers called Aid to Injured Motorcyclists, AIM lawyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have lawyers throughout the country in various states, and we have put this uh, a book together. To, to advise people. You can carry it in your saddlebag. Um, we've got some rights cards. Uh, uh, if you're stopped, uh, what to say, how to say it. Um, I've had <laughs> a quick story. Uh, somebody was getting on a ferry down in South Texas, and uh, uh, they stopped him, and uh, – started hassling him, he gave him a rights card, he read it, gave it back to him and said, you can go. I'm not saying you're going to get out of tickets or not hassled because you have it, but I've had many stories about how they've appreciated the cards because once you lay it out there, what your rights are, small card, um, you know, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. So yeah. um, I'll get all that to you. Okay, buddy. We appreciate it, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, Bill. Well, thank, thank you for having um, me. I enjoyed it, and and uh, keep up the great work. We'll right. definitely invite you back, Bill. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. I believe Bull Mail. Yes, it is. Hey, real, real quick, I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about the caravan coming up from Honduras. Oh Lord! They say, oh yeah, they say that has grown to like fourteen thousand now. And I can I, believe I, it. Today, today I started looking, and you know they say that may be able to fifty to fifty thousand. I don't know. But, uh, you know, the uh, the pipe bombs knocked that off the news today. They just flat knocked that off the news. So everything was about pipe bombs. And because the, they were aimed at, uh, at liberals like uh, Obama, Clinton, and, uh, you know, the uh, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Papoose lady, uh, you know, because it was aimed at them, it's a big deal. Even Cuomo tried to say he got a bomb. He was jealous. He didn't get one, and he tried to say he got one, and he didn't. Yep. <laughs> but listen to this, Mel. That did knock the caravan off the news for a few days. It even knocked the Saudis off the news. 
It's all about pipe bombs right now. So anyway, I started looking at this caravan deal, and I started looking around the cost of all this. If they would get to the border and were actually to make it across the border now, and from everything I looked up, everything I could tell, it cost about $675 a day when an immigrant shows up the border and they start dealing with them. You know, when they show up at the border with no visible means of support, 675 a day. Now, if you have a group of 14,000, that would be 9,450,000 on the first day if they could all be processed. <laughs> and after a oh, week, yeah. after a week into the system, we would have spent sixty-six million one hundred and fifty thousand. Now, if they'd been in the system a month, two hundred and eighty-three million five hundred thousand. The figures are staggering, and they'll well, listen I, to this. I think it begs listen. the question. Okay, go ahead. Listen to this. Understand, understand that half of the illegal immigrants already in our country on welfare, welfare, half of them are on some sort of government assistance. Not only that, they get an extra $1,261 more than their American, more than American citizens. The numbers are staggering. We'll go broke. So what I am really trying to understand here is why the hell would they let them into the country? Why wouldn't we form a shield and force them to turn around and go back? It's incredible. We We have liberals that are down there organizing this shit. Uh, George Soros is behind it. Uh, the uh, Catholic Immigration Network is behind it. Uh, the American Immigration Council. I mean, the list runs on and on. But they're, most of them are funded by George Soros. Because, you know, even though he's an atheist, he, he loves the Catholics because they're doing this. So, so they, the atheists and the Catholics have teamed up, and there's a kid out of uh, there's a kid out of uh, Austin, out of <laughs> out of Austin. His his name is uh, just thinking I'll get it for you. His name is uh, Alex Mincing out of Austin, Texas. He's one of them down there uh, in Mexico, running around with a bullhorn, coordinating all this stuff. So it's absolutely incredible what we see going on. You know, and that Beto has no problem with it. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Robert Francis O'Rourke. He has no problem with it. <laughs> I'll tell uh, you, oh, hey, Mel, I just hope we've got the guts to stand up this time. We, we're going to need the guts. You know, hey, look, after the Democrats, if they even take over the government, they're eventually going to have to cut off this spigot. 
They're going to drive the country broke. They're going to have no money to work with. And then, then when we when it does collapse because of this, then the pendulum swings, or it might not swing because we put so many people in here that will vote themselves benefits instead of what's right for the country. Yep. So uh, we've got a hard row out in, out in front of us. People got to get out and vote, vote, vote. Now, somebody well, said I'll today, tell you, there's, tell... there's enough upset citizenry today that these are what I would call very dangerous times in this country. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's there's a fuse that's been lit, and I'm telling you, it won't take much to blow the tender on this one. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Man, wow. Well, I think we've about covered it all. Hey, I did get knocked off, and I had to switch to my mobile phone. Oh, okay. Yeah, you started going fading in and out there, and I figured, yeah, we got a problem. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, hey, look, great show. I hope it ended up right on Blog Talk Radio, and uh, have a good night, man. Good night. See you later. Yeah, everybody, (laughs) don't get outside. You'll have to go swimming. There we go. That's all, folks.